0: From the PSIA ASI Safer at Home Studios in Netherland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair, and what a guest have we got for you today. Dan Egan is joining us from New Hampshire. Dan, it is a real honor and pleasure to welcome you to the show. Oh, I'm happy to be here, George. Thanks for uh, thanks for putting me on the dial. Well, Dan, I don't want to embarrass you, but i got to say it's a huge perk of the job to actually talk to one of your longtime heroes, so I bow down.
1: Well, it's it's always fun to go left and right, and uh, hopefully we get to do that soon.
0: Dan, that would be amazing. And what do you think of this season? Uh, With COVID and everything, uh, I'm actually really looking forward to it.
1: Well, I think there's a lot of pent-up demand, and and there's a lot of uh, interest. People want to get out there. They want to be in the mountains, uh, and they, they want the freedom of what the mountains represent. I, I know that there's a lot of people wanting to go and you know I, I think the industry is working as hard as they can to do it do it safely and to do it with new innovations and new programs and new new Ways to go about it uh, I'm hoping that it they just don't complicate it too much because skiing is so simple and provides
0: so much pleasure I think the easier we make it the better will be What do you think about skiing people find the most pleasurable what is it that really drives people to come back well i think the minute you push off uh and head down the slope whether it's
1: beginner slope intermediate moguls advanced backcountry everybody feels the acceleration everybody feels freedom everybody feels a bit of intrepidation uh it's a mixed bag and i think that is addicting um And when you're with friends and you're smiling and laughing and doing something you didn't think you might do or doing something you've just been looking forward to doing, uh, you know, that's what it is. Uh, So many people, I think, you know, my parents, they took us skiing, they drove us up from Boston, and I swear to God, every Saturday morning at 5 a.m., my dad had to be thinking Day might be a special bluebird day, because why else would you do it? What else would motivate him to get eight kids in a car? There had to be
0: something where he thought, this is going to be worth it for me too, right? I mean, it's in there somewhere. So I've got to ask, uh, before we get into the meat of our conversation, can you remember your first time on skis and that exhilaration that you're talking about? And compare that to some of the exhilaration that you felt when you were doing a big line.
1: Well, you know, this time of year in the fall, for us, it was the time of year where we would go up into the attic and break all of the boots out of the attic and bring them down into the living room and would try them on. And, you know, you, you if your foot grew and you got a, a bigger pair of boots, it was exciting because it came from an older sibling. And you thought, oh, those are the boots I've always wanted, you know. And they weren't new; they, they were just the next pair that fit. Um, and I think that's really my first memory: is that anticipation of skiing, uh, the, the the trying on the boots, trying on the clothing, maybe getting a new jacket. Uh, all of that prep for skiing was really part of the whole thing. And then I think you know my first really early memories of skiing are are tie you know lace up boots. And, and my pair of skis and heading up the lift and, and just thinking, wow, you know, here I am. I'm going to go somewhere, you know, faster and better and try something new. That, that's always been on my mind to do that. And whether it was a Stem Christie, uh, a wet flying wedge, I remember my first parallel. Um, you know, I'm a ski school product. I grew up taking traditional ski schools. Uh, in the Paul Valar and Paula Valar Ski Schools at Mount Sunapee in Cannon, New Hampshire, um, and, and Egon Zimmerman at uh, Blue Hills in Massachusetts, I was taught by the Austrians, and we we did a lot of drills, and we repeated them over and over again. And, and it was all in the focus of achieving, and I love that about skiing. I love that about ski technique, that you can achieve,
0: you can master a new skill, and that's really what drove me. Can you think back to those lessons and tell us something, because we're going to get into building your client base and really connecting with your client in just a moment, but can you tell us something that you loved from those lessons and maybe something that your instructors did that you didn't like so much?
1: Well, I mean, on on the side that was hard to think about as a kid was sidestepping up a hill, to edge slip down the hill, <laughs> and then side back up the hill, and then edge slip down the hill. I mean, our ski instructors broke it down into edging, traversing, and turning. These were separate skills. It wasn't one skill. These were these were separate skills to be masters, mastered. And back in the early days of snow snowmaking, you know, in the early '70s, you know, you, we were still skiing on rock hard. important skills and they were really important at Mount Senape, that's what it was all about for me, because these were friends that were from, not from my hometown. Uh, they were from different towns around Massachusetts We would take that that Greyhound bus up through Saturday, and that was really what it's always been, about that connection of friends
0: and the building of skills. Now, let's. I, I want to get into some of the many things that you have accomplished, and we're actually going to be talking about that in much more depth than up a, a upcoming podcast Um, but i'd really like for you to address making a connection with a client Um, passing that information along to our membership because i wasn't kidding when i did our little introduction i mean getting the opportunity to talk with you someone who i've seen in so many movies and i mean just idolized as i was coming up in skiing it's intimidating and when you meet someone How dare are you able to put that aside and make a connection with that person?
1: Well, I believe that as as instructors and coaches and mentors, our primary purpose is deliver on a promise. And the promise I deliver on is a great day. I I greet people with an opening statement. We're going to have a great day. It's nice to meet you today, George. We are going to have a great day. And I don't define great. I don't put limits on it. I don't say it's great because it's sunny or it's great because we're going to find powder or it's great because we're going to ski the best groomers. I just say it's going to be great. And I reinforce that promise all throughout the the time I'm with that person. Wow, what a great day. Hey, I'm having a good day. You having a fun day? What a great day. Because what we're delivering on is an experience. Uh, And that experience needs to be transformative. You know, when people meet you at ski school, they're 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 apprehensive. They're wondering if they belong. They wonder if they're good enough. They wonder if they have the right equipment. And it's that apprehension that they're bringing into their skiing, which is going to hold them back. So I break through that right away, and I say, "Wow, great! Hey, you're on some good skis there. That's awesome. I love that. I love that brand. What do you think of that? Oh, that's awesome." And I compliment them, and I give them space. To say, oh, really? Oh, well, I was one. yeah, no, okay. Well, I, I, was, I didn't know which ones to bring, you know, all that sort of anxiety. But I break it down so that I, I reinforce their decisions. Yeah, I'm, one, I'm the right guy to ski with, and we're going to have a great day. Two, you brought the right gear. No question about it. End of story. No, I don't inject any sort of critical thinking, because it's that critical thinking that's holding the guests back. They don't know if they're good enough. They don't know if they belong. They don't know if they ski fast enough. They're afraid they might fall, right? So right away, I try to come at that and break that down to encourage them. I've been looking forward to skiing with you. I've seen your name on my list and what a day we're going to have. And that's the beginning of the rapport. Then, then I just stop talking about skiing. I just don't talk about skiing. <laughs> I'll ask them about themselves, where they come from, what are you up to, who you're here with, how would you find out about it. Um, and when I get to the top, I take a moment and I I just tell them how important it is to breathe. And I say, please don't hold your breath while you ski with me. I want you to exhale in the turn and inhale between the turns. And and we're going to take a moment and observe the day? Is it windy? Are there clouds? What's the snow feel like? But no judgment. I don't say it's cold. Button up. Put on your hood. You know, anything that brings in critical thinking. We focus on breathing. And I just move them into a space that gives them freedom and empowers them. And and then, you know, they ski down and I'll tell a joke. You know, I'll tell a joke. The first joke I always say is, you know, 99% of the people that ski down to me tell me what they're doing wrong. And i got to tell you a little secret. I already know. <laughs> 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 and we're going to spend our time together focused on what you're doing right. that I know how they ski and they know that we're going to reinforce the positive feelings of what skiing does for us and that's how I start my day and that I start every day like that and that's how I start to build the relationship with the client
0: you know I love what you said because you were talking about the exhilaration of skiing and right off the bat we're getting away from that exhilaration by saying ah I know what I'm doing wrong
1: Exactly. Well, you know, the, you know, the critical mind, right? It, it, it's really how do you free yourself from the critical mind? You know, as instructors, we make the mistake of engaging the critical mind. Hey, okay, I'm going to teach you something and correct the problem. Well, right there, you're engaging the critical mind. I, I try to go the opposite way. Uh, when people ask me. You know, and I, I think people start judging the day right away. They look at the weather. I never look at the weather. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't ever look at the weather. I dress for skiing. That's what I do. Um, and that, therefore, I'm not thinking: Am I warm enough? Or am I overdressed? You know, all those sort of things. The critical mind starts to heat inch in, inch in, inch in, 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 and then they meet the instructor. And if the instructor says, "Well, you know, your pole plant's not very good." Oh, geez, yeah, no, oh, I know my whole plan, you know. And then all of a sudden, now you've lost them. So I, I try really to focus not on the critical mind. I try to focus on the possibilities of what we can achieve. Um, and then I slip in a comment about the hands. I'll slip in a comment about, you know, speed control in the context of the slope we're on. But, but I, I try to stay away from, from engaging and correcting because that is the critical mind.
0: You know, what really comes across to me as well as a very positive message from you is your genuine enthusiasm for what you're talking about.
1: Uh, you know, I, I love to ski. I love to ski. I mean, I've committed my whole life to it. It's, <laughs> it's almost killed me and saved me all at the same time. <laughs> And and I really love to talk about skiing. I love to engage others in the conversation of skiing. Um, and being an old free dogger, and, and you know, an '80s kid where I where I would wear day glow and big hair and headbands, I, I'm not thinking, you know, about you know, sort of political correctness, right? So in the terms of, like, what I should look like. Because, you know, look, I skied in lime green suits. So I think that skiing is a total expression. And, And if once you tap into that expression, then you come to really the essence of skiing, and that's movement, right? If I can get you to breathe, if I can get you to relax, if I can get you to buy in to the positive message, now I can get you to move. And once I start getting you to move, I can get you to exaggerate motion. And once you start exaggerating this motion, skiing becomes a dance. And now we're having fun. See? And, and that's, that's where I go. Because I don't think that skiing should be about minimizing motion. I think skiing should be about exaggerating motion. That's where you, That's where the learning is. That's where the experience is. Oh, I never felt that before. And once you start to discover, then you feel like you belong, right? Because that's what we want. We want these people to belong to the culture we're we're teaching, right? We want them to belong. We want them to believe like they're a part of it. And to do that, they have to discover it. If they come to ski school and only discover that they think, that's not going to make them belong. But if they come to ski school and they think that they can discover they can experience. They can move. Now they're going to feel this, feel it. And once they internalize that feeling, you know what they're going to talk about at lunch? You know what they're going to talk about at happy hour? Man, I felt great today. I, I, you know, I never knew my, I could bend a ski like
0: that. Now they're bought in. Now they're ours. You know, and what you're saying is applicable at any level of lesson.
1: Well, that's just it, right? I mean, that's so important because... A perfect race turn is a snowplow, it's the same thing. One happens at two or three miles an hour, and the other happens at 60 or 80 miles an hour. But the dynamics are the same. There needs to be pressure. There needs to be angulation. There needs to be angle flexion, ankle flexion, right? There needs to be engagement with the knee, the hip, and the, and, the, and the proper upper body positioning. All of that matters, and it's all traceable back to the beginning, all traceable to the early days. And I don't, you know, I know that uh, a lot of ski school were sort of direct to parallel and all this sort of thing. But where's the movement in that if people don't understand it or comprehend why? And so, when you when you bring enthusiasm and when you bring discovering and belonging, you can do this at any level. Uh, It doesn't have to be uh, only for the experts, right? Once you engage them and you get them to relax and to move, you know, it doesn't matter what level they ski at.
0: And it almost sounds like you're describing what you needed to do when you were on a movie. Well, I mean, you know, it's interesting because,
1: you know, everybody thinks it's glamorous, right? But uh, when you're filming, very often... uh, the first run of the day will be the hardest. They got you up there at sunrise. Uh, they they want you up there to, to ski the line before the public's on the hill. Now you don't get any warm up, and some guys screaming at you, roll camera. How do you how do you relax? How do you come into the moment uh, and perform uh, when you haven't even had a warm up run? You got to just drop in and do it. You know it's interesting. We were. We were filming for the new Warren Miller film this year, Future Retro. Uh, they did a, a segment of the, a bunch of old timers. They had Scott Schmidt, my brother John, myself, and, and the world famous Tom Day. And there we all were again, standing on top of a ridge, freezing in the early morning hours, having to do it all again. You know, it, it, it's a little different at this age, but the, the attitude and, and, and everything we brought to it was the same. And and you're right, you know, it's like to, to perform, like you have to prefer, prepare mentally to perform. And uh, sometimes the physical warm-up is totally not, not quite as where you want it to be. Of course, these days for me, it's even more important that I get warmed up. But, uh, you know, I think it's really true that, that filming demanded a level of, uh, of mentality of being free and able to do it without worrying about what it might look like or the bad
0: result. Dan, I would really like to speak with you a little bit more about the critical thinker you were bringing up. I when I'm on a bike climbing a huge mountain pass, self-doubt and the critical mind are often the things really weighting me down and making me go even slower. <laughs> so, How do we address that, get rid of those, whether skiing a big mountain line or first time on skis?
1: You know, uh, being an endurance athlete, you bring up a good point about climbing or running. Um, I always say don't let the mind beat the body. You know, um, the body's amazing, right? The body's amazing. And when you bring the body forward into the now, into the moment, uh, humans were so balanced, right? It's hesitation that creates unbalance, right? So I always say hesitation equals acceleration, okay? And when I talk to people, I really go to the, to the essence of it because if you really drill into what's holding people back, they don't want to go too fast. They're nervous and they're turning to slow down which we know as expert skiers is exhausting because the essence of turning is to accelerate. That's why we turn. The essence of turning is to accelerate. The question is, can you have controllable acceleration? See, And most people are scared to death of uncontrollable acceleration because they don't know what would happen if the skis ran away from them. Would they get hurt? Would they hit a tree, hit somebody else? So when you take a look, and I hit it straight on, and I tell them, we are going to focus on controllable acceleration. I'm going to teach you how to how to engage your ski in a way that you can maneuver it without going like a freight train. Well, if you say that to almost any skier, depending on their ability on different terrain, you have their full attention. If I'm standing on top of the big, cool, guy and I say that line, I have their attention. If I'm standing on a groomed slope, beginner or intermediate, and I say that to that level skier, I have their attention. And that's what I want. I want to bring them into the now, okay? And I want their confidence in me so that they're not fearful of themselves, we have to trans- transfer their nervous energy into confidence in the instructor. Right. And this is the beauty of ski instruction, right? Because most ski instructors are have already obtained that that ability. They're there. They're the expert, and they sound good. Right. Ski instructors, we're great. We we sound good. So that is building confidence. Now, if I'm staying away from the critical mind and I'm focused on the possibilities, I'm focused on breathing, I'm focused on movement, and I tell them, look, the more you move, the more you have control. Hesitation equals acceleration. So get moving, (laughs) right? Now we have somebody who's going to be engaged in an active pole plant, in an active knee, in an active ankle, okay? Versus a hesitant. Now, this is really important because when you're standing on top of the big C at Big Sky and you're going to drop in, any sort of hesitation, that acceleration could could wipe you out and slide, the, you know, 1,500 feet to the bottom, right? So... You have to buy into this idea that I need to be out over my feet. I need, to, I need to let the skis follow the body, not the body follow the skis. And all of that starts at a low angle slope. When you take somebody and you take, look, I know you're an expert skier, but we're going to take one step back to an ability level where I can get you to demonstrate total control. Before I move you to the point of fear, I'm going to move you into a place of total control. And from there, we build. And that's generally how I try and get somebody away from the critical mind, is to give them total control in terrain that they're comfortable with.
0: Uh, Dan, that was brilliant. Love it. Uh, Anything else you would like to add on this topic to our membership? Uh, and then I wanted to chat with you a little bit about uh, some special things coming up.
1: Well, you know, I, I just think that the skiing, the relationship we have with our clients is way more important than what you're going to teach them. And I, I just like to remind when i when I run uh, clinics for for instructors, you know, I always come at it from this point of view of like, don't overteach. You know a lot about skiing, but do you know a lot about your client? So, you know, our good buddy Weems, right, is always talking about, are you? Dry, what's the purpose? Why are you here? you have to understand why people came to the ski school. Do they want to keep up with their kids? Do they want to learn to ski with faster so they can keep up with their spouse? Are they somebody's friend who told them to try skiing? What is their purpose? If we teach towards the client's purpose, we will get them to achieve their goals. And if they start achieving their goals, They're going to come back to you, the instructor, for more advice. But if you don't care about their purpose and you only care about what you can teach them, you don't make the connection. And therefore, they probably aren't going to come back to you because you were so busy proving that you knew how to ski and not that interested in why they wanted to ski. And the essence is understanding why they want to ski. When you understand their purpose and you understand that they made a commitment of their time and their valuable resources, their money, to ski with you, then you can drive that home. They're not skiing with the ski instructor to hear them pontificate about high edge angle in the turn. They don't even know what that means. But they would love to hear your story about learning to ski or why you moved to a ski town. And then you can start to build a relationship on how that might relate to their purpose and their dreams.
0: And I always think that's the key. Speaking of stories, you've got quite the story to tell, and uh, you have a book coming out. Can you tell us a little uh, about that? (laughs) The new book is called 30 Years in a White Haze,
1: and uh, it's sort of a look at uh, John and I, my brother, our trip from uh, the streets of Boston, um, to so around the world. And, um, it sort of unpacks how that happened for two city kids to grow up to ski around the world. And, um, it's a story about perseverance. It's a story about uh, how we met Warren Miller. Um, and it's a story about siblings and family and, uh, that sort of the generational pull of, of the sport and how
0: it's affected our life. And, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. It will be out uh in the new year. and yeah, so right at the beginning of twenty twenty one? Right at the beginning of twenty twenty one and people
1: can check it out at white hazecom White dash And um yeah, there'll be a lot of we'll, we'll be pushing it out there and, and and telling some of the ski stories, but it's got uh, you know, some of the chapters are Ski Balmology 101, <laughs> how to break into the ski town and, and get your first job. And, uh, you know, I bought a one-way People's Express plane ticket in the uh, 80s to to Lake Tahoe and then thumbed from Lake Tahoe all the way back to Denver, skiing at all the ski resorts in Utah and Denver and Lake Tahoe. Um, And just, you know, a lot of times like that. And then it also uh, sort of recounts our time. You know, I had told Warren Miller pretty early in my career that I wanted to travel around the world and go wherever CNN was. And Warren loved that idea. He loved that spirit.
0: And uh, he really changed my life and he allowed me to go do that. Well, I'm hoping that you will be willing to share some of those stories with us uh, as we're looking at doing another interview with you at the beginning of December.
1: Uh, That would be a lot of fun, George. I'd
0: love it. As would I. Look forward to talking with you again, Dan. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us this evening.
1: Yeah, and uh, have a good winter out there, everybody. And uh, look forward to making some turns with you soon, George.
0: Dan Egan joining us on First Chair from the Safer at Home Studios in Netherland, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.